0: Now, please welcome our guest moderator, news editor of Empire Magazine, and part of the presenting team of BBC's Film 2012, Chris Hewitt. Hi, everyone. Thanks for coming. Now, 13 may be unlucky for some, but for the greatest animation studio on the planet, Disney Pixar, it isn't. Their 13th film, Brave, may be about a curse, but it's not itself cursed. It's absolutely fantastic. But before we meet the director and the producer who brought it to us, Let's have a look at the trailer. I
1: saw something that day, something I'll not forget. It stands 12 feet tall, with razor sharp claws. His hide littered with the weapons of fallen warriors. His face scarred with one dead eye. I drew my sword and... Chomp! Dad's leg was clean off! Oh, that's my favourite part! (laughs) In
0: accordance with our laws, the firstborn of each of the great leaders
2: must prove their worth. Merida, stop! A lady enjoys elegant pursuits. I present my only son. He took out a whole armada single-handedly. He was with one arm, he was steering the ship. I want my freedom. But are you willing to pay the price your freedom will cost?
0: Careful what you wish for, my mother would say. <laughs> What's the worst that can
1: happen? Show a little decorum. Feast your eyes.
0: If you had the chance to change your fate, would you? That's fantastic stuff. Please welcome to the stage the director of Brave, Mark Andrews. And the producer of no. Brave Captain Serafian. Seraphian. That's me. Hello,
1: nice, sir. Got yeah, a chef. Can you see?
2: Nice. Hi there. You see? Mm-hmm. Hello, everybody. Where are the ones? We're in the wrong spots? Yeah, <laughs> all right, yeah. It was told very Sweet. clearly. I didn't see Switch. the seating chart. This is being very well run. I'm we the director.
1: Exactly
2: go. So I'm the director. <laughs> I'm the decider. Right.
0: Is this roughly an insight into what it was like working on this film? Yeah, yes. I mean, no, I'm Every the director.
2: Day. No, no, I'm the director. <laughs> <laughs> That's why it took so long to make it.
0: Okay, how long did it take?
2: Um, Trick question. About <laughs> six, six years plus a year of additional development, so seven years all in.
0: Okay, and as we saw, this is a bit of a departure for Pixar, as in it is... Well, set in Scotland, for one thing. So did that additional development mean a lot of trips to Scotland, essentially? A lot of trips
2: to Scotland, yeah. We actually started, our first research trip was in August of 2006, and uh, we brought 12 artists for about 12 days of of intensive research. We went way into the highlands with sketchbooks, paints, pastels, our cameras, and our our notebooks. And uh, we spoke to the locals and listened to the rhythm of the language, and we drew and sketched and photographed. And then we went again in 2007 with production designers and um, more artists, and just kind of kept soaking it in and used all of that back in Emeryville, California.
0: (laughs) Well, that sums up the Pixar ethos, doesn't it? Because you could have just stayed in California and just made this all up, but you actually went out there.
2: Yeah, we
1: could have just gotten on the internet today and looked around at a bunch of pictures and stuff like that. But (laughs) until you actually go to a place, then you get so much more information than you ever would have by reading or looking at pictures. I mean, I didn't know that... You know, the weather changes so much in Scotland, but you don't know how fast until you actually go there and how much variation there is in Scotland in the terrain until you go there. And that if you want to get out of the rain, if you're walking up those highlands and the weather changes suddenly and the wind's Mm. blowing, you lie down in the heather and there's no wind absolutely no <laughs> end, you're out of it, and you're going, that's how they survived, you know, um, so we made a lot of discoveries, and, and heard a lot of great stories, and you just get all these intimate details as a storyteller, I need, when you're back at Emeryville, um, looking at things to inspire you to help tell the story, to kind of really illustrate what this character of the backdrop is, yeah. and it's and it's, They have to be tied in together. The backdrop, the world that you're making, and the story have to be uh, integral pieces.
0: What's interesting as well is that uh, the cast is largely Scottish, the voice cast, and your composer, Patrick Doyle, is Scottish. Scottish. Was that that important, that sort
2: of... It was was a great layer of additional character, but it was not the... uh, directive, as it were. I think we wanted um, we always go at Pixar for the right voice talent for the role, and you know, we're developing character. And character can take, you know, many forms, and it, uh, it's, it's about the right voice, the, the feeling of the right spirit, energy, all of these things. The accent and the Scottishness is a great layer on top of it, but it was not the first thing we went for. Yeah. We figured if we, if we had the right let's say, you know, boisterous jolly king, who had heart and warmth and humor to him as a father as well, um, then we would teach an accent if we had to get a dialect coach but Billy Connolly actually embodied everything we wanted the warmth and the humor and the gravitas also of a king so uh, in in most cases we went Scottish
0: let's let's say that for people who we've we've just seen the trailer but for people who don't know the broader story of Brave what is Brave?
2: wow what is Brave? it (laughs) is a
1: action adventure uh, set in this uh, mythical ancient land of Scotland that stars Merida our heroine a princess who is looking to mend a great rift uh, in her family? Yeah, that's pretty much as much as your. About.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And where did that come from, the idea? Because, like you say, six years of development, right. one additional year. Mm-hmm. So, right. where did the, the first come from? Every, uh, yeah.
2: e- every idea comes right from the hearts and souls of our filmmakers. We're this director-driven studio. The directors come up with the ideas. And uh, Mark Andrews and Brenda Chapman are the two directors of this movie. Yeah. Brenda had a very spirited relationship with her own six-year-old daughter many years ago. They were sort of butting heads. And, and uh, she was a feisty and opinionated lass at age six. And Brenda thought, what kind of teenager will she be? And what will that relationship look like as, as we grow together? And that was where the core mother-daughter dynamic came from. And and, and really, across the board, every Pixar film—if you scratch a bit underneath the surface—you'll find that it came from, you know, a real director's human experience. Yeah. Finding Nemo is not a fish movie; it's about an overprotective father, and that was Andrew Stanton at the time who yeah. directed it, and his experience with his son. Absolutely,
0: and it's also about a mother and daughter relationship, as you said. And mm-hmm. it, you know, Merida is very much—I I, guess—that the first real. Uh, female protagonists in, in a Pixar film. Uh, so did that bring any additional pressure with that?
1: No, because we don't want to, we don't want to, you know, as storytellers, we don't want to be constrained by any kind of genre, right? Or, or character rules. type or rules or whatnot. So I, we didn't want to sit there going, what would a girl do? What would a princess do? What would a Scottish princess do? You know, because it just kind of hampers you in too much. We want to build a character from scratch, from the ground up. So who is this person? Yeah. Right. Uh, what are their flaws, you know, regardless of their gender, their race, their creed or whatnot? You know, um, they have to be independent. They have to be this person is, is, is designed to be a contrast that she's a teenager. She's on that on that um, line between adolescence and adulthood. So she's already in this position of contrast in who she's going to be. Then we put her in the Middle Ages, you know, and there's lots of tradition in the Middle Ages and she. It's not ready for those traditions, you know. This person wants to find out who they are themselves, you know, without having to be forced into a certain thing. So she has to be fiery and spirited, yeah. and she has to have, uh, they have to have their own focus and their own passions uh, and be, you know, inspirational. And once we get that up, at the end of the day, she's a female, you know. Yeah. And I have a daughter and three sons. I'm a dad. And, you know, I'm glad that we have this very strong female heroine, you know, that's inspirational, my daughter. But she's also empowering to my boys to see that any person can be like this, you know. And and that was the important part, you know. Absolutely.
0: And uh, development-wise, I mean, we can see Mary DeLairn. First thing that stands out is that huge shock of red curls. Yeah, yeah she
1: was originally planned out to be bald. Because <laughs> <laughs> that was easy for the computer to do. Yeah, so did the animators but it's not in the character. You don't get wild, free-spirited, Scottish, you know, country bumpkin with a bald head. Usually doesn't read. Oh, that's
0: true. But having seen the film, the, the yeah. hair has a mind of its own. So yes, yes. Were the animators daunted by that?
2: Uh, it, was, it was definitely a, a, a huge challenge, a tall order. I mean, you know, at Pixar, uh, it's a large community of uh, scientific and artistic uh, overachievers. And so, you know, they look at something like this. The sketches and the development art that they saw coming out of the art department um, were called for this mass of, you know, uh, untamed, wild red hair. And they sort of all got this look on their face. And then this, <laughs> and then they go to their computers and they you know they start working on it and you know uh, it took about two years to develop the technology to do this hair uh, because modeling it and making it you know look good is one thing but moving it is a completely different uh, scientific problem mm-hmm. and then you know getting it wet and then getting trees and you know tree leaves and branches in it <laughs> and running your fingers, run your through, fingers it, through it, and then it putting in, it in hoods we'll, and revealing see, you'll it you'll see a scene where she's you know Wind. revealing it I'm like oh really you know so we definitely made it as uh, brushing
1: it, quite it. Difficult. they about <laughs> had a conniption. <laughs> yeah. When I said, <laughs> right. yeah, let's
2: brush it. So they don't, they, don't, um, they don't walk away from a challenge. They embrace yeah. it, but they do stop for a second and really think. And then they, they huddle in these rooms and, you know, just the brains but work. But that's what, you what know? it's
1: like. I mean, that's, that's why we're there. That's why I tell stories, because it's a challenge to tell a story, to, to arrange all these ideas and concepts in one kind of through line that gets the audience takes them for a ride, you know, they have an experience and they're filled with all these emotions, right? And for the for our technical side, it's just a great coupling between art and technology because they're not in the business to do easy. They want that next challenge. If if they can do it, how do we do it now better? You know? So we revamped our whole animation software platform for this movie to do everything that we can do just better because of the challenges that this movie required you know that the art called for yeah Oh, fantastic.
0: Uh, well, let's now meet uh, Merida and uh, see her in action. We got a clip here. Uh, Catherine, do you want to set this one up? It's the one with the wisps.
2: Ah, the wisps. Okay. Nervous. So um, Merida, uh, she's. A, I don't want to ruin the movie for you. and You're going to see it <laughs> she's soon. She's upset. But she's very upset, and she's had a bit of a of an altercation with a family a member. A row.
1: I think we call a, it. A bit <laughs> of
2: a row with a family member, and you know how you get after a, a fight with your parents, maybe, or maybe not. Everyone. I'm sure none of you ever have any arguments with your family members. A Barney.
1: That's a, another good expression.
2: A Barney. A Barney. A Barney. Um, yeah. of, you know, a, a ruckus. So. Um, she is very upset and uh, goes riding her, her horse Angus into the woods, and uh, this is what happens. Okay,
0: let's roll the clip. Thank you. Stuff. Now that was a uh, will o' the wisp. Was. That was a will o' the wisp. Have you yeah. seen one? I've never seen one. Presumably, oh, come on. be careful.
1: <laughs> they lead you to your treasure or, or doom. doom.
0: Oh, God. Oh, what, what about yes. you guys on your research
1: trips? Did you see well, it was bog gas, and I got trapped <laughs> in a moor following yeah. one, and I almost
2: drowned. No, we did not actually see any in our research, although we did do a lot of research on the, the phenomenon of the sort of the swamp bog gases and how they light up and disappear. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we did want to ground the, the very, there's a very few magical elements in the movie. We wanted to ground those in something real, uh, because everything in the, in the, in the movie, while, while fantastical, is rooted in something, you know? And, and so we wanted to give it that, that authenticity.
0: Uh, let's, let's go back to the uh, development process, because how fully formed did this idea arrive? Because uh, as you said, there are magical elements. Were they always part of the story? or
1: The, the magical elements were always part of yeah. the story. I mean, you have, this, you have this head-to-head with a person who doesn't get you, and they don't get you, and you don't get them. And to Merida, it's just mom is in the way of what she wants to do, which is just to be left alone to, to find herself. So how do you get rid of mom? You know, well, you get some kind of magical element to get rid of her, you yeah. know, and I don't want to spoil for you, but it goes not the way Merida intended. Terribly,
2: to. terribly. And wrong. she made a
1: mistake and she realizes that and she spends the rest of the film trying to correct that mistake. You know, so but that was always kind of part of the story. But saying that you go, oh well they had it wired. Uh-uh. That is like five percent of the process. Mm-hmm. How to deliver that information, how uh, to build this relationship To have it go through its paces So that you understand Not only intellectually but emotionally Where things are going And how that information is laid out That's a huge, huge sto- uh, chore And, and uh, at Pixar we have, a, we have a saying Story is hell yeah. And it is It's the 666th layer of the abyss If you believe in that kind of thing Which I do Because I've been there That's where I live Again, <laughs> I got a nice little cabin <laughs> in hangs hell out there Next to Satan And uh, because, uh, story's so hard, because there's so many possibilities, you know? It's all potential at the beginning. You have a core that you're holding on to, but to make that core this, Mm. there's so many ways to skin a cat and come at that issue and the problem and, you know, is it a competition between the parents? Is she more like her dad or her mother? Is that even important? Whose story is it? Is it mom's story? Is it Meredith's story? Is it the magic story? Is it the element story? You know, so you have to choose which path you're going to take. And yeah. you could lose the forest, you know, it, you could lose your path in the, in, in the forest, you know, not see the forest through the trees and get stuck on this one thing. So you have to constantly shift from... You know, objective to totally just passionate about this little piece that you're honing to a fine point and be able to kill your babies and toss it out when it doesn't work, you know?
0: So, who are the uh, the Will O' the Wisps of Pixar then guiding you through the forest?
2: Oh, uh, we that's have it. Many. We
1: have none. No, there's, there's <laughs> well, lots of
2: people. It's, I think it's a, it's a difficult process telling these stories, but it's never a lonely process. I right. mean, I think you have, as every artist has his or her moments of just solitude and like, oh, will I ever see my way out of this? You know, abyss. Yeah. Um, but there's always that support structure there. Our executive producers, we have John Lasseter, Andrew Stanton, and Pete Docter. Um, and uh, every, every one of our executive producers and our directing and producing colleagues have sat where we've sat at a certain point. They've made these movies. They've had to direct and produce them. Uh, they know how hard it gets, and, and they're empathetic to our plight. So whenever we're sort of in that abyss, you know, they're a phone call away. You know, Mark can say, hey, you know, take a look at this, you guys. I want to try this thing. What do you think about it? You know, just call in John or Andrew, or any number of yeah. them that he wants. Um, it, we, we do have a great support network. It's very I mean, collaborative. They're
1: not just my bosses, <laughs> you know. They're also my audience, you know, yeah. because uh, that's a great thing about uh, having him there is especially John Lasseter, he is an audience. All he wants to do is watch something and be moved and, yeah. and cry yeah. and laugh and be on the edge of his seat and he's a really good kind of test bed for that or or, or canary in the coal mine when it's working he's going <laughs> or he's going <laughs> so i know we're 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 getting it right okay but then again he has a lot of experience just like andrew does and pete does so that when we run into issues they're there offering suggestions you know they're not telling me what to do they're go Hey, I hear you. I know you're at this. Try this. Or look, totally divorce yourself from this idea. You have to look at it from a totally different side. Shake it up. Just try something new because Mm -hmm. this process is a malleable process. It's not like I sculpted something in granite and went, David, you know, and and they said, but we wanted the Madonna. Damn. (laughs) And you have to start again. You know, it's it's totally malleable, which is what
2: makes it a, a hell in and of itself. Meanwhile, we're also trying to invent marble. You know, so it's yes. like the yes. oh, software process along with it. Like,
0: uh. Yeah. Um, the second thing that's noticeable about Merida in that shot there is the uh, the bow and arrow. Yep. Yes. And uh, that's that's get a facet of that in this clip as well, Mark. If you want to set this one up, it's uh, it's an archery clip. Ah, uh, uh,
1: yes. Sort of well, well, uh, not to give too much away because I think it speaks for itself. To uh, again, everything is about storytelling. Her whole design is about her story. She is. Designed to be a contrast, if you look at her, her dark, uh, her dark clothes that are rough, her you know snow white face, this bright red hair, you're able to pick her out in any environment. She just stands out she 's a contrast because her character herself is a contrast. she's also dynamic she 's athletic. So how do we show that? We give her a very dynamic and athletic weapon, the bow and arrow, right which is kind of you know primal and very iconic it's been with us in humankind for a long time. It's one of our greatest inventions because it lets us affect things from afar. And to hit a bullseye automatically tells the audience that she's very skilled, which meant a lot of time and practice. And I don't have to do anything but have (laughs) her walk out, pull back that bow, and nail a target. And you go, she's good. And then that's enough. So let's look at this sequence. (laughs) Cheers.
0: Descendant of Clan Dunbroch, and I'll be shooting for my own hand. What are you doing, Merida? Curse this dress!
2: (laughs) Merida, stop this! You dare
1: lose another arrow,
0: (sighs) Merida. <rires> Not bad you were saying that was incredibly hard—the bit where she takes her hood off.
1: Oh. Yeah, that was incredibly hard when she takes her hood off. I mean, because the is not there really, and then as soon as she, uh, suddenly it's there, and the way that <laughs> the, we had to fold it up, and the way that it had to fall out because it's reacting to that. There's just so much, so many dynamics just to make it feel right. It's insane. So yeah. we did it over and over and over and over and over again to get it to get it right.
0: Uh, Archery is quite big this year, so who, be, you, who knew? I
1: know. Who knew amazing. back in 2004 when we said let's make a girl with red hair and that fires bows and arrows. I mean, uh, the woman who wrote, you know, Hunger Games hadn't even uh, had the idea for the book yet. Absolutely. You know? but, we didn't uh, know Avengers was going to land there either. You know. But Meredith could Hawkeye. could beat
0: Katniss and Hawkeye, couldn't she? Oh, t- t-
1: totally. She doesn't. She doesn't. <laughs> Hawkeye's got a bunch of, you know, he's got the massive quiver with computer aided arrows and all that jazz. She's, Easy. She's a barbarian in comparison, <laughs> and she don't miss.
0: I just want to talk about your your uh, history at Pixar, both of you, were because you you started uh, as you said earlier on, kind of not not necessarily the bottom, but you have been there for a long long time. You've worked. I was in the, the mailroom. Catherine, she was, cleaned
2: toilets. It was the bottom. Uh, we started at the bottom. Um, uh, well, Mark, you had you had a, a career before Pixar that allowed you to come in at, at a bit of a higher level. I um, I started were at the coordinator level, sort of uh-huh. assisting and uh, doing all kinds of things. I. I photographed employees for the employee photo wall and okay. I, um, you know, I, I organized the company lunches where we're all going to eat together today and I'd order catering and, and all kinds of things um, and uh, I kept a lot of spreadsheets but you know what I had a, f- <laughs> a front row seat to um, the work being done on Toy Story because I would take notes in animation dailies and if you want to learn how this stuff works, you listen to John Lasseter give animation notes on Toy Story. And I, okay. I, I took those notes and distributed them to the animators and opened shot fixes and handed them out and photocopied all these notes. It's like, wow, I, I, I learned a ton and, and just worked my way up from there. Wow.
0: And uh, Mark, you were parachuted in at a higher level.
1: Yes. Yeah. Well, yeah. I, I had a, uh, a great relationship with Brad Bird. Yeah. He did uh, Incredibles and Ratatouille and... Um, um, I worked with him on Iron Giant, and I had worked for several animation studios um, uh, down in Los Angeles, and then uh, Brad called me when Pixar kind of wooed him to come up and do do a feature there. Uh, it was one of the first calls that he made, said, come on up, I want you to be head of Story on Incredibles. I am all sure. And um, I was working on Spider-Man with Sam Raimi, the the first one, um, with Sam Raimi at the time, doing, doing boards for live action. So then. Move my whole family up in 2000 and work with Brad. It's just been
2: there ever since. That's we good. were the
1: new blood. Yeah. yeah, we were the rot. The we injection. were the corrupt development.
0: Right. Yeah.
2: I'm old. Pi- I'm old Pixar, and he's new Pixar. It's like,
0: oh, some more tension there in the
1: uh, end. Yeah,
2: it's it's, very, drugs. it's yeah. terrible. We were drugs. Terrible. <laughs> we were. Yeah. Shot of shot of adrenaline.
0: I can imagine. Uh, let's get some questions for you guys now. Uh, put your hands up. Uh, and there's a lady right here. And We got some thirty microphones. that will be going around the room. So if you just keep your hand right, up. Right. So, keep
2: your hand right there. Um, I was wondering before you guys started on Brave and the story and everything, did you um, feel the imbalance of like having mostly male protagonists throughout,
0: like Pixar's history?
2: I think we were aware of it. Um, it was not the reason for this story to be told at this time. You know, I actually, <laughs> it from you know since it took you know seven years to make it, the idea was pitched long ago. It takes so long to make the movies um, that uh, that it's. You know, just now coming out because some people ask, "Well, why, why didn't we have a female heroine out of Pixar sooner?" I think we could have. We could have made Toy Story and then a Bug's Life, and then instead of going to Monsters Inc., we could have said, "We need one with a girl in it," and then we would have sort of made one. But then it wouldn't have been heartfelt. It wouldn't have been real. It wouldn't have been from a soul of, of a filmmaker. It would have been sort of manufactured, you know. So um, we waited until we have the right idea at the right time that said you know while we were not sitting there saying we need a girl we need a girl we've got to, you know put one in the hopper we were waiting for the right one we were aware that it hadn't happened and i think we're glad to see that it has um is it possible that in the future we'll consider more
1: uh, female character driven storylines i mean the thing at pixar it's story 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 not what is required out there in the in, in the world you know what stories uh, I mean, do we do now one because we did one in France and, and Scotland? Do we have to do one in England? Do we have to do one in Germany? Do we have to do one in Japan? Do we have to do one in Mexico? You know, to, to appease whatever. Tell something about mammoths or, you know, the big jungle cats. You know, it's not... We have not done the big know, jungle cats yet. <laughs> or, or get into races, right? Or do one that's uh, religious creeds. You know what I mean? We don't want to operate from that level, you know, that's strategic. It's whatever... Comes out of the directors, right? So they, if it's their passion and they tell another one that has a, a, a woman you know, as a lead, fine, or whoever, or whatever. Because these movies take so long to make, the director, they have to have that passion for there. It has to you know, get out of them. You know? mm. And that's why it's this honest filmmaking that, that happens instead of something that's, you guys are going to know when it's that kind of superficial and that kind of transparent. Okay, thank you. Sure.
0: This movie's done incredibly well in the states. Oh, yeah. So, have you thought about a sequel already? Have you started? We don't do that. I know you but don't. We don't absolutely. do that.
1: Again, that's a marketing thing, you know. If it makes a billion dollars, is that guarantee a sequel? You know. No, because the story has to be right. And I think that's one thing working at Pixar I can really respect about them is that it's story story story. You know, it's that story has to be the right story to tell and then and then we tell it, you know, or else it, you know this is a business but it's also it comes from the artists yeah. you know heart you know instead of just making you know you know a bunch of you know comedies because you just do that over and over and over again. Right.
2: We, we have a lot of uh, films in our hopper right now. Yeah. Uh, Monsters University, which is a, a sort of a prequel, comes out next summer and then after that we have original films in The Good Dinosaur and uh, Pete Doctor's next film that takes you inside the human mind. Uh, we're working on a Dia de las Muertas movie. So there's, there's quite a bit lined up in, in original storytelling and, and, and those stories are all from the heart. If we had a great idea for another Brave, yeah. that would be a different story. Okay, no worries.
0: Uh, was this lady here in the front row. Hi. Um, What's your favorite supporting character
1: in this film? Catherine is my favorite supporting character. <laughs> Good answer. In the film. <laughs> she supported me through this film like nobody's business. Thank uh, you. Boy, that's an interesting uh, question. Uh, I don't, My favorite supporting character. Well, What's Lynn, your favorite supporting I, I character? I, I, can
2: I tell you who yours is? Tell me who's mine is. Mark's favorite supporting character. Actually, Mark is most like King Fergus, and I, I, you didn't see him much in the footage, but uh, Billy Connolly voices our wild Highland warrior king, and uh, I think he and Mark were separated at birth. You know, they're both <laughs> family men. Uh, king Fergus and Mark are both fathers of a daughter and three sons, just, you know, again, separated at birth. That's right. But, um, they both think they're very funny. That's right, last.: They both do a great Scottish accent. That's right. Exactly. So <laughs> That's it's all a no brainer, King Fergus.
0: And uh, you're a favourite supporting character.
2: Um, I uh, I really uh, identify with Queen Eleanor, um, yeah. voiced by Emma Thompson. She is the consummate working mother. She's a queen holding the kingdom together, and you know, trying to rein in the likes of. Fergus, um, but just uh, trying to balance it all, and you know, also to be a good mother and the, the struggles of that. Being a good parent while trying to hold a lot of stuff together—it's yeah. a struggle. You make mistakes sometimes, and she's she's real and she's flawed, and and yet she's loving and and funny too. And I think she's great. Fantastic.
0: Uh, okay, there's this gentleman here. Thank you for coming today. Sure. Uh, thanks thanks for, for having us. Um, I just want to ask a question um, based on. How you talked about you went to Scotland, yeah, and um, uh, you said that that didn't really change the story. That story comes first, and yeah, uh, um, but was there any instances where actually working with maybe local, uh, more the local talent and um, living amongst the lo- kind of the, getting a feel for yep. maybe a, a culture yep. outside of America, did that uh, help in any way? Did that affect or kind of was? Did you find it beneficial to the project? Sure. And if that's the case, and this kind of this second part is more of a hope than anything. Um, is there any scope for maybe uh, benefiting off the talent pool from Europe by maybe moving Pixar uh, activity more into London, uh, into the UK? <laughs>
1: um, and if, if you we do would love to move to no, London no, 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 and no, have no. offices here in the London. The rent is too high. And France, <laughs> we cannot afford this. You can look at my house. Italy and Hawaii, yeah. we'd love to have Pixar in Hawaii. The big Maui and, office. Um, no, uh, to your first question. Um, the core of the movie never changed, even after going to Scotland. The, uh, because we weren't fully baked when we went. You know, we didn't have the beginning, middle, and end, you know, and all the details in between. After we went to Scotland, that just gave us way, 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 way more material. We could have done, I mean, the, the amount of stuff that we actually used from our research trip in Scotland is about 10% in there. We have enough material to use until... You know, 50, 30 more stories. You know, there's so much information that we gathered. Um, and, yeah, talent pool, you know, I don't, we get everybody from all over. We don't need to leave Emeryville.
2: Yeah, we have, a, we have a quite an international crew on this movie. We have, a, uh, in fact, our, our supervisor of uh, the set department, sets and set dressing. He's a Brit. Right here in London right now. He oh. he's, he's from here, and he moved back. Yeah.
1: We got French, German, yeah, Italians, know. Canadians, yes. Scots, Chinese, Japanese, everybody a lot working of at Pixar. Spaniards, many Spaniards. So come on over! Yeah, <laughs> yeah.
0: Again, that's an invitation. Yeah. Yeah. Fill out your resume, will,
1: yeah. go online. I was like hard all, here.
0: I thought we all know work for Pixar. I thought this, yeah. this was an indoctrination. Yeah, oh, yeah well. here we go. Yeah, this is already oh, right. oh, Um here. I think we have time for one There's last Joe. question. There you go, she just and handed it to you. It. Um, I'm wondering, you've been working on this for seven years, and with such a long lead time, um, how does the development of the digital technology really affect how you're telling the story and what you're doing because maybe some things that were initially not possible become possible during those seven years just in because of the advances of computing and, how, and rendering and all that right. and how you kind of work that into the process and the approach of developing the film?
1: Necessity is the mother of invention. So if we sat around and waited for the technology to be around, we'd still be waiting. So Squeaky Wheel gets the grease. So we go, we need freaking curly hair. We need a forest. Get on it. (laughs) And they got on it, right? We don't have the processing power. We need to revamp the whole animation software system. Let's rebuild it from scratch. That's exactly what what happened. I mean, we had those materials. We could have made this movie, but it wouldn't look the same. So everybody kind of dove in and cranked up the pace of development, you know, um, so that's that's kind of what, what happened.
2: Yeah, there's a, c- a couple levels where this is happening. On you know, one level, you're needing to invent the technology to make the movie. And then you're needing to improve upon existing technology to make it changeable. Because our whole job is change management. Everything we do, it's like... It's an evolving process. The movie we start with, the, the, the script or treatment we start with at the beginning is is the beginning of a long creative odyssey. It's not like, hey, here's our script done. You know that it takes years to hone this story and all the various needs. And you know, late in the day, late breaking, you know, Mark was saying, "And we need wolves." Oh, geez, wolves! <laughs> <laughs> that's quadruped technology with fur, with muscles. Uh, you know, right. and, and, I uh, want
1: to smoke the set. I want smoke mist or smoke oh, or atmosphere in every damn yeah. shot because it's freaking Scotland and it's the Middle Ages and those fire are burning at all different and then I walk do. out of the room and then everybody's all, <laughs> oh, you know, but he but, wants what? That means volumetric particle, blablick, sue, <laughs> it math. It's a lot more math in the math. shot. What does that mean for <laughs> rendering time? Oh so my we're, God, we need more
2: servers. We're building we're building off this technology um, to, to serve the st- whatever the, s- the story is serving up as a challenge. We're trying to meet it by inventing technology, but we're also trying to make everything faster so that techn- technology that exists can be changed because, oh, Mark just threw out a scene and added another one. You know, it, that can't be the deal breaker of getting the movie done on time. We need to be able to render fast yeah. enough, light fast enough, change things. Um, but uh, the other, I think the other thing is that we had, whenever there is a story kind of huddle or what we call a slowdown, whenever we're lagging creatively because we need to like sit back and like get back into, oh, you know, this point, this scene's not working. Let's work on it. Those creative delays can be very beneficial to technology because, Good. I'm, I'm actually glad we're in story trouble right now because um, yeah. you know, I, I can only move her hair yeah. to the right, you know, and we need to be able to move it all around her head. So um, Now
1: we've got bounce
2: and yes, body. And bounce and hair. body, and, and we added extra <laughs> you frizz. you stuck. During a little creative downtime, yeah. we were able to get her hair frizzier in a good way. So, you know, we we're able to try to leverage the slow times creatively and use yeah. them technologically and vice versa.
0: That's all the time we have, I'm afraid. Uh, thanks for coming out. Thanks for your questions. And thanks a lot to Mark and Catherine. Thank you. Thank, Thank you. you. Thanks
2: for coming.
1: Thank you.